tellingly, these scenes only begin to appear after the arrival of the Mongoloid. After the arrival of the Mongoloid. After the arrival of the Mongoloid. Conquest by the Mongoloids would explain why there are no Aborigines in the Americas today, today, today. As long as they were on the reservation, they were Indian. As soon as they left in the uh, reservation, for whatever reason, they became three people of color. Then finally they became African Americans, same people. And you can see it in the lifetime of a single individual. Mm -hmm. This journey, it changes in, in classification. In, in classification. In, in classification. Welcome to Real Black Consciousness Foreign Podcast. This is Big VG on the check-in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about some history. We're going to talk about some history. We're going to talk about the first Americans. We're going to talk about the original Americans. We're going to talk about the Aborigines. And we're just going to have like conversation about like what direction is this platform going? The Real Black Consciousness Forum podcast. Like what direction are we going? Right. We're going to have that conversation today. And we're going to, of course, you know, we're going to produce a couple of sources. And, uh, you know, like all of our conversations, you can find the sources in the description box, right? You can click on the link. You can read it yourself in its entirety. You know, you can fact check, you know. Um, you know, when you have a conversation about history or whatever, it's always good to get the source from the person. You don't really want to take anybody's word for it because... You know, truth be told, the American Negro is in the position that we're in because all we ever did was take folks' word. You know what I'm saying? And then even with that, my goodness, I mean, talking about taking somebody's word, I mean, we took the devil's word for it. So whatever the devil say, many of us as American Negroes, we just regurgitate it, right? We don't, we don't dig in those crates, right? We don't dig in those libraries. We don't go back and get those older, earlier works that writers and explorers talked about. We just don't do it. But you know, today is a new day. We're learning different things. We're reading different things. We're challenging the status quo, right? We just don't take it like, you know, we got a couple of elders still hanging around to these old stories, right? These stories are outdated, but we holding on. <laughs> <laughs> but those stories is not going to last long, right? Here on Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast, you know, the direction that we go in is based on the comments. The comments is the engine and the fuel to the machine, right? So, so dig this, right? Um, you know, going over the comments, there was a brother and he was a little confused, right? About, he was like, you know, when I listen to more recent conversations, it sounds like it's a little different, you know, than your older conversations. Like it's almost sound like you're saying the opposite thing. So of course we know we're not here to confuse anybody. And with that being said, we're just gonna uh, we're gonna show up a, a particular position that we have on this platform. Now, here on Real Black Content Forum Podcast, we have always taught from day one that the original man, the black man was in the Americas prior to the slave trade and prior to Columbus even finding this place, right? He found the place with a whole bunch of people on it. <laughs> Dig that, right? When we say that, um, what tends to happen is that if you listen to our older conversations, right, we're kind of like... Um, a lot of that is geared toward a community that call themselves, oh, we just... We gave them the label, possibly. We call them the Aboriginal community, right? And these are a group of people that says, they're, you know, they're American Negroes. They say that um, we was always here, which I can connect with, right? But they do something a little different. They take a pivot. And they say that they are the original Indians. And when they say they are the original Indians, they do that in terms of like, uh, like great Indian nations. So our people begin to call themselves Cherokee. And Choctaw and Chickasaw and Cheyenne and Lakota and you know, etc. etc. This is what our people was doing. Now, in a sense, it's like um, you know, as we used to say on older conversations, 
it's look like, you know, it's the Red Indian train is on the move. And it's a bunch of Negroes, American Negroes, they're trying to jump on that train. Um, they're not doing that because this is something to do. What's actually happened is that, you know, you got some voices, some guys, they're like YouTube famous, right? It's a Callaway guy. It's a guy we call Miho here, right? And there's a few others, and they say things such as, when I say they, I mean the Aboriginal community saying things like, the African slave trade never existed, it never happened, right? They say things like that. They say things like, uh, you know, Big Mama said she was Indian, right? Uh, they say things like that. They say things like, uh, you know, what else do these guys say? They, they do this. It's like they do what I call picture scholarship, too. They kind of match up these pictures, right, with these ancient, like, uh, monuments. Or, but, but check it out. At the end of it all, this is what's happening. In doing so, it's kind of like our people, they, they really don't explain to our people their position in this territory in the West that we call the Americas, right? So you can see like maybe it's like maybe 450, maybe 500 Red Indian tribes. And if you tell our people that they're Indian and you don't do it properly, they will think that they are the real Indian from a red Indian nation. So now you got American Negroes saying they're the original Cherokee. They're the original Choctaw. They're the original Chick. Blase, blase, blase. Right? And then while they're doing that, they're kind of like, um, they're kind of like throwing some cold water on the fact that they're mixed with the African. You see what I'm saying? So they minimize the African part of them and they maximize uh, what I would consider like the red nation, but they're doing it out of air almost. So if you listen to our older conversations, what we do, we try to bring the balance to, because that's what's going on, right? The truth be told, though, is that here on Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast, we stand on and we show and prove that when it comes to the West, right, the American Negro is found in and I'm talking about in large numbers, Central America, South America, and the islands, right? When we talk about the territory that we call the United States, it's California and Florida. Everywhere else is like small pockets, right? We could be found in the Carolinas. We can come all the way down through from Virginia to the Carolinas to Alabama, Tennessee, and then you got Mississippi, Louisiana. And then also, we're going to speak on later about Negroes in Canada. But we're talking about small pockets of people. Now, the thing about it when I say small pockets is that, yo, dig this. Um, you know, the territory that we call the United States was never heavily populated by red people neither. This whole, you know, that's the kind of like the issue I got with Jack Forbes. Like, he's a guy, you know, he's a scholar. But he kind of paints this picture like, there's millions and millions of people here. And there never was millions and millions of people in the territory that we call the United States. It just wasn't so, right? There were always pockets of people that was here. So what how I see these Aboriginal guys is this. What they this is kind of like what they do that we we totally disagree with on this platform. See, the American Negro was always here. You can't be a Cherokee, in my estimate. You can't be a Choctaw, in my estimate. You can't be none of these Red Indian tribes, in my estimate, because you, as the American Negro, was already here before they got here. So how did you become a Cherokee when you was here before them? So in all transparency, like if you listen to, our, we kind of clown these guys a little bit. Well, we don't kind of like we clown them a little bit. Like yo, they running around saying the slave trade never happened. And they talk about, you know, I'm the real Choctaw. And I'm, I'm like, yo, you, it's, you you going from one oppressor to another oppressor. Yo, yo, check this out. Let me say it this way, right? Let me say it this way. Um, There was a part in our development as American Negroes when we were Christians, right? And I want to put a time on it. So I'm going to say, let's just say the early, the early 1920s, right? The bulk of our people was converted to Christians, which is a Jewish religion, right? So to some respect, 
as an American Negro, if you like, if your religion is Christianity, you're underneath Jews. You may not see it that way, but you're underneath Jews, right? I don't care what color you make the Jews. You can do that whenever you want to do that. That's your business. But you're underneath Jews, right? Then came like a deeper sense of black consciousness, right? And it started to arise after the 1920s. And we wanted to be closer to self. We wanted to be closer to like it was a blackness kind of thing. It was a, a opening movement that we was kind of like spiritually and soulfully were changing. In this change, many of our people became Muslims, right? Because we felt that Islam was our truer self, right? Islam is our truer self. And then before you know it, we start, you know, bumping our head on the ground five times a day. We start praying to Mecca. You know what I'm saying? And we start visiting Mecca. And what actually happened was we went from following these Jewish devils to running behind these Arab devils. And we feel like when we was running behind these Arab devils, we was closer to ourselves. But when you see our people jump from Judaism or Christianity to Arabism, or Muhammadism, that's pretty much what we was doing. And we felt like we were being closer to ourselves. In a sense, that's how I feel like the Aboriginal community is doing. They're not teaching our people that you were here before these Cherokees ever came around. They're not doing that. They're kind of doing something different. They got a different song and dance. Here on Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast, we teach this like, yo, see the American Negro if you look at it in a sense, the black man is almost the last person here in the United States, right? It's it's a weird way we put it, though, because, see, first of all, when we talk about the Southeast Territory of the United States, and we're going to touch on Ohio today as well, the Midwest. See, the people that that build the mounds, we call them mound builders. There's a sect of us with knowledge itself that when we talk about pre-Columbian American Negroes, when we talk... We use the term mound builders. We are the people that built the mounds. That separates you from trying to be a person of a red Indian nation. Because even in their own tribal testimony, I don't care if they're Chickasaw or they're Cherokees or they Choctaw, they admit they did not build those mounds. They admit that there was another race of people that built those mounds already. When they got to these territories, those mounds was already there. These tombs was already there. These ancient relics was already there. They had nothing to do with that. They admit to that in their own tradition. What we're saying is that our people was the ones that was already here. That's it. That rubs a lot of our Afrocentric brothers the wrong way because they got this thing in their head. They want everybody to be from Africa, right? It's it's like a very weird dynamic when it comes to them. Like everybody that's black, they got the same paint job as the African had to somehow come from Africa. But see, see the original man, as the messenger taught us, see the original man, see, we don't have a birth record. You can't put a date on us. You can't put a territory on us. We're the original people of the planet. We was always here. So it's kind of weird, and I use I use this example often. When it talk, you know, when it comes to like these Afrocentric guys, they do what we call like the thin air approach. So when we talk about the American Negro, he had to come from somewhere. He had to migrate from Africa there because he couldn't just always be here. So we can show him, you know, we can show and prove that archaeologists can date back Negro skulls for thousands of years in Brazil. And then, you know, the Afrocentric guy say, well, he came from Africa. And then we could say, well, what about the Negroes in Solomon Island? So, well, he came from Africa. You say, well, what about the Negroes, the Aboriginals in Australia? Oh, well, he came from Africa. They got this little thing. They make everybody from Africa. And then they say, well, you know, life started in Africa. And then in the very same breath, they'll tell you about taking an ancestry test. And I'm like, well, beloved, if everybody comes from Africa, what are you running around taking ancestry tests? We're going to all go back to Africa, right? So they mean that the German is African, you know, that the Swedish guy is from African, the Arab is really African, the Chinese guy is really African. No, they don't do that. They just put the African label on the people that got the same paint job as the African. But it's kind of unique because, see, the African Negro can come out of thin air. He don't have no origin. He just always was here. 
So I guess it's something about the water, the air. I don't know. It's something about that landmass that it can just produce the Negro out of thin air, the African Negro out of thin air. But the Americans, something about, I guess the air is different over here in the Americas. It just can't produce the Negro out of thin air or Solomon Islands or Australia or wherever we are, right? When we talk about the Americas, though, many of us with knowledge yourself, and this is different than the Aboriginals. We don't say that the American Negro was the only people here in the territory that we call the United States. There was never a landmass. There's never going to be a continent with one kind of people on it. Even when the explorers got here, when they talked about and they used the term Indian, they said the Indians came in all shades. Yellow, brown, red, and black. We skip and overlook the black part all the time. No matter where he went, North America, South America, we skip the fact that there was Negroes here. We just overlook it. Not us. But this is how many of our Afrocentric brothers do. Right? So that's what's kind of going on in our earlier conversations up until now. Now we have more of a pivot because we was underneath the impression that all American Negroes knew there was no such thing as 100 million Africans coming over here on the slave trade. We just like took that for granted. So, you know, of course, this conversations that we have on this platform, it's geared by the comments. So we're just looking at the comments and we're like, yo, there's no way our people believe that now. So now this is the part of history that we're on. We talk about Negroes being in the Americas prior to the slave trade because the way it works when you do the knowledge, right? Sound and right reasoning. We are a mixture of people, the American Negro. So the American Negro is always here. And then we have a slave trade that happens later. So the slave trade brought two different kind of groups here. It brought the East Indian here and it brought the African here. But the way that they was pushing the slave codes on our people is that we could mix with the so-called devil. We couldn't do it. We had to mix with other people of color. We was all in the melting pot together. So, you know, I can procreate with a Mexican or a red Indian or another American Negro or an African or East Indian, it didn't matter because we was all in the same melting pot together. All in the same mixing pot if you form north, right? That's going to bring out a new species. So this is how I use that. I kind of flip it. I say, yo, the black man was technically the last person here, but at the same time, we was the first person here because we're new now. We're like gumbo now. So if aboriginals come like, oh man, you you original and they start naming tribes, Brother, you know, or sister, you know, even the elders always taught us that the Negro lost the knowledge of himself, of our religion. We script of our, you know, our native tongue. We script of the knowledge of self. That only applies to the American Negro. Everybody else know who they are. The African know who he is. He come over here already know. He ain't trying to figure nothing out. The red man know who he is. The Mexican know who they is. And we're going to have a conversation about the origin of the Mexican because it's not what you think. But that's going to come later. Everybody know who they are. They've never been stripped of anything. But the American Negro, he's confused. Even our brothers in the Caribbean, they know who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, this is what we do here. This is uh, telling you about the Garifuna people, how they came. Yes. Um, they are comprised of three cultures put together. Okay. The Caribbean. Mm -hmm. The Arawak Indian and the African. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the, the, these are uh, people are the pre Columbus African before the slave, slave trade began. Now, the, the, these are uh, Garifuna people are the pre Columbus African before the slave, slave trade began. Now, the, the, these are uh, Garifuna people are the pre Columbus African before the slave, slave trade began. the islanders is that it who are they carried they're from south america right or like the guyanas yeah the guyanas. well who are they i'm not sure <laughs> you have to do your history friend yeah where do you think the black people here come from i don't it's either I, i'm not sure it's either like slave slave ship or they came from africa right what do you think we've never been africa 
they, yeah, there's, they don't really say on. We're not, we're Eastern. not with the Africans. We are the Caribs. Right. We are the Caribs. Our, our, our ancestors are the Caribs. We man this. We control this. We inhabited this. Yeah. The sea was named for us, the Caribbean. We are the Caribs. The Africans came after. The Africans came after. The Africans came after. But the Afrocentric guys, is, they're very unique because what they do is when you start to learn about yourself, they act as an overseer to tell you where you're from. And they only tell you where you're from because you got the same pay job as them. So they give you this whole song of dance that you got an African ancestry and beloved, believe me when I tell you, 99.9% .9 of the time. When you see an American Negro talking about an African ancestry, he cannot point out anybody in his line that's from Africa. Not one single person, not one. America is his ancestral homeland, him or her. But it's just the weirdest thing. Like, it's weird, man. You just can't. It's weird. Now, the reason why that we, we give. Um, the reason why we accept the slave trade is because, first of all, our big mamas can remember when they was here, Africans coming over and working on the plantation with them. That's number one. Number two, the, the well, you know, the slave trade is well documented. It's, it's well documented. Nobody ain't faking up this stuff, you know. And even here, we talk about the essential contract, right? So it's well documented about the slave trade. That's number two. Number three is this, right? Check this out. Um, you know, being that it's well documented, being that many of our big mamas can remember the African coming over, the numbers that they give us, we, we not, no, that's not. It's not mathematically possible for that to happen. You know, you know, our brother W.B. Du Bois was the first one to go on record to provide a number. We know where he got that number from. Right. He got that number. He didn't get that number from his big mama or somebody else that we, we can. We're going to one day call out the name of the person that gave him that number. And he ran around and touted him, W.B. Du Bois, that 100 million Africans came over here on the slave trade. Right. Even him telling you that and me that. He couldn't name one person in his line that came from Africa. It's like a reoccurring thing. The American Negro was telling other American Negroes that came from Africa. But the one that's telling you that, he can't point no African out of his family. See, that's the weird dynamic. And then you get another guy named Dr. Henry Clark. So if you go through the comments, you have guys on our platform, they're commenting about every single statement that we make. But nobody says nothing about how you go from 100 million Africans to a guy named Professor Henry Gates that all of a sudden he said it was 12 million. Nobody never comments on how did you miscount 88 million people? They comment about the intro, how you bring this. Oh, you made this. Anything that's opinionated that I make, because this is a very opinionated platform. We having a conversation. They have something to say about that part. When we start talking about uh, the documents and we're reading, they don't complain about the sources. They don't complain about W.B. Du Bois telling our people that 100 million Africans came over. They say nothing about that. They only want to point out when I start being opinionated because we just have a conversation. And in a conversation, we all have our opinions. But let's talk about the 100 million Africans that came over. If we're going to drop a comment, let's talk about that. Let's not skip over everything else. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. How did you go from 100 million to 12? Like, how does that happen? Nobody says nothing about a miscounting of 88 million people. Let's stop and think about that. How can you miscount 88 million people? They never want to, these Afrocentric guys never want to talk about that. They want to make a comment about everything else we talk about, but that they skip that part every video. And we keep, we keep talking about it to somebody. Let's talk about it. We're going to keep talking about it to somebody address it. Nobody never addresses, right? But maybe that's a different story for a different day. Today's source, we're going to talk about the congressional record, and it's going to be the proceedings and debates. This is the 53rd Congress, the second session. This was produced in 1894, right? And we're just going to read a portion of it. Um, of course, we're going to put the link in the description bar. But we're going to start right at uh, page 
7687 and we're going to go down to let's say the second paragraph right and they're talking about the skulls that's found in the Americas um, we're going to go up one paragraph right and it says uh, we're going to start where it says we are therefore quite confident that our material so carefully collected and thoughtfully weighed would not be cast aside and its usurp by the rash statements of hastily and incompetent investigators. While there should be so much speculation and uncertainty concerning the life of our Aborigines is unexplicable to us. No question of equal importance could have been more easily determined have the early writers given as much impatience to mild exploration as is given at this present time, right? So right off the bat, this is a congressional record, right? So we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the highest office of the land. We're talking about those that move and shake what happens in the country. This is a congressional record and they're having a conversation about the people of the Americas. And then they're talking about the mound builders and how they've been doing their research on it. And what they did was they're saying, yo, you know, we kind of put the people before our investigation. The people they're talking about is the Red Indians, right? That's what they're talking about. But we're going to go down to the uh, next paragraph, and then we're going to skip the one in the middle. Conclusions. Discussions of the brachycephalic people in the collections and examine from the Great and Little Miami Valleys and those of Skiyoto in Ohio suggest that they were strong and well-built. Let's skip down to the next paragraph. No skeletons of gigantic size were discovered, and there was but little doubt that the progenitors of the American race were in the height subject to the same variations in structure, which are to be remarked among our recent tribes. Okay, let's stop. Let's build on that. So there was like this rumor that when you start looking at the mounds and everything like that, it, they were built by giants. They go, oh, some giants, people, some people, some giants, you know, it's kind of, it's like a, <laughs> it's a trend. When you see the Negro worldwide build anything, I don't care if it's the pyramids in Kemet, I don't care if it's great civilizations in Africa or Brazil or Central America or the territory that we call the United States. They always make it spooky. Like it was some giants, some outer aliens came from somewhere and they built it and did this and did that. They're doing the same thing here. They're like, yo. It was giants that built it, but at this congressional record, they're like, they just like, no, it wasn't no gigantic people built nothing. These are regular people that came and built that. But let's see in their estimate um, who the regular people was, right? So we're going to go down just a little bit where it says, um, right here where it says, we cannot overlook, right? And it says, we cannot overlook the fact that the crania and skeletons examined by us Many of them excavated by our own hands approach somewhat the Negro in its anatomical characteristics. Let's stop. Congressional hearing. They're trying to figure out who built the mounds. Who came up? The Negro came up. Let's go on a couple of centuries, right? Because we're going to clear it all the way up with, the, with a couple of centuries down. It says, none of the characteristics of the Mongolian or the mongoloid types are present in any of the Ohio crania which we have examined. Let's stop. Am I cherry picking? Does that sound like I just I'm cherry picking? Oh, brother VJ, man, you just be picking out certain parts. You cherry picking, brother. <laughs> the American Negro ain't Indian. Nah, we ain't Indian. We got here before the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> Indians weren't even here yet. <laughs> when we talk about black Indians, we use that in the truest sense of the word, like Aborigines or Aboriginal. That's like, you know, we was hit, we was the first one here. Now it can be one first, right? Dig that. You can only have one first Americans. We're never saying on this platform that we were the only people here. But if, you know, somebody trying to pull a rank and a red man is running around in our conversations, you know, we just we just talking about our history. We're talking about our story. Um, unfortunately, you know, these conversations could be made easier because 
See, we got black scholars that have been saying this for years, on top of years, that the Negro was already here. But see, our people, is they're not like that. You can't, they don't want to hear from our people. Our people believe in devils. We like to hear the devil say it. Yo, if you if you ever check this out, if you ever hear an American Negro running around talking about he need to learn this from a credible source, I need to hear this from a credible source. He is really saying, I want to hear a devil say this. It's not real until a devil say this. That's what he that's that's what that means, right? So now you can't get any bigger devils than they sitting in the seat of politics in the United States on a congressional record. And everything's going to be documented. And this is what they're talking about. And then your people, the American Negro, they come up. So much so that they make a difference. No, no, no. These were Negroes in the mounds in Ohio. These were Negro skulls here, not Mongoloid. So ask yourself, who was here first? You can answer that yourself. Is that cherry picking? Now. This is why we have an issue with the Aboriginal community. How are you Cherokee, bro? Sis, how? You was already here before they got here. How? You running around, you know, you showing up at these folks' powwows and all this shit. Like, yo, you look bananas to us. Don't you know you was here before them? You don't know they jumping around. With them loud color clothes on. You don't know none of that Siberian shit that they doing. You don't know none of that Palestinian shit that they doing. Did you catch what I said? I said it again. You don't know none of that Siberian shit that they doing. You don't know none of that Palestinian shit that they doing. Because these natives is a mixture of a couple of different groups. Uh oh. You ain't think we knew that, did you? <laughs> Yo, we're going to break this conversation down in the future. Why do you think the Palestinians, right, is so close to the Native Americans? You ever ask yourself that? No, 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 you, you never did. You, you, you're running around, you know, you've been African. You, you, I mean, I don't get our people. You're running around trying to be African so bad, you never just paid attention to the people that's right around you. You never paid attention to why certain people are so comfy and cozy with one another. You just never paid attention to it. We're going to have a good conversation about that. Because the messenger taught us, the people that call Indian, he taught us how they arrived here. Nobody walked on here. That whole stupid story about they came across the Bering Strait and they got to, you know, got to Alaska and they kept walking down through Canada and all the way through the United States and they kept walking all the way to South America and they got down to the backside of Chile and they populated everywhere in between. Man, that's the stupidest story I ever heard in my life. And American Negroes regurgitate that. But then again, what do you expect? This guy thinks he 100 million Africans came over here on the slave ship. In the 1600s? Oh, let's stop that. Coming back from the 1500s through the 1600s through the 1700s. When did they invent the steamboat? When they started putting the engine in these boats? 100 million, they just sailed over. huh? And you regurgitate that? We got a lot of work to do. No, beloved, some of these folks that we're calling natives is Palestinians. Right? Look, let me share this with you, right? Because we just we just talking, right? Dig this, dig this. The messenger taught us that um, he taught us about how the African came over. And there was two waves of Africans that came over. And uh, in our next conversation, we're going to really sit down and chop that up, how that happened, right? And then we're going to back that up with uh, the Liberia Congress. Because we got some testimonies uh, of some Negroes, grandmama, grandmama, grandma that came on a boat from Africa. So we're going to have a good conversation about that. That red man, though, he, um, he came over. Until uh, a couple years ago, last year, uh, PLO came. They came, they came here. Yeah. To Pine Ridge? Mm -hmm. The Pal Palestinian Liberation Liberation yeah. Organization came to Pine Ridge. Yeah? And they called me in the middle of the night and said, we're in town, we want to meet with you. So I didn't know what they were going to meet about, you know. And so I said, okay, let's meet in the morning. So we, we had a shade over here. So we, we had to get together and they came and 
they were told me to get Richard Rokino, so I went out and got him. And here he was one part of the delegation that went to Hussein years ago. And they wanted to know, Parliament wanted to know where we came from as Lakota people. Mm. And I said, how, how do you arrive at that? He said, well, a hundred years ago there were ten tribes and they only found seven. And since then we found two in the last hundred years. But we never found the tenth one. And then we think it's a Lakota nation. So how do you arrive at that? And he said, well, God gave a gift to each of the nine bands. We're the tenth one. We're the only tribe in the USA that got that got a you know a gift from God. So that's what they concluded, you know, way things one. And there's eleven Muslim nations are looking at you. If you say yes, we are part of it, then they'll help you, eleven nations. And that's where that And so the Muslim nations yeah. believe the Lakotas are, are one of their of them, yeah, one of their bands. Wow, that's pretty, that, pretty interesting. He resided in the territory that we call today Palestine. Some may call it Israel, but I like to use the term Palestine. And he lived there for centuries. The Phoenicians brought many of these so-called red nations over to the territory that we call America. The Phoenicians brought them here on boats. Before they got here on boats, we know Phoenicians as Negroes. Before they got here on boats, they resided again in the territory that we call Palestine. So now let's fast forward today. This is why the Palestinians, I don't care for the last 100 years, if not more, when they come to this territory, again, that we call the United States, the first people that they want to see is their brothers and their sisters. And who is their brothers and sisters? They run to the Native Americans. That's their people, beloved. Uh-oh, you didn't know that, did you? I know, you, 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 so busy being African, you ain't paying attention to what's going on around you. I get it. I've got a question. I want to, I want to sort this out. I want to get the update on something. I may have mentioned this before, but I want to dedicate this video directly to this question. Is it possible that the Native Americans were actually derived from a Jewish background, a Hebrew background, out of the 12 tribes? I've heard a theory before that the Native Americans actually were part of a lost tribe of Israel as compared to simply being of Asian descent and crossing over through the Bering Strait and sailing down. That's why they have the story in their traditions and moved on to the Southeast Territory that we call the United States. They didn't come. They wasn't always here. They wasn't always here. They were brought here. They came out of the mountains. Maybe that's a different story for a different day, right? Today we're talking about the mound builders. We're just going to talk about the mound builders. And um, we're using a congressional record that when they was looking at the mounds in Ohio, they found the Negro skull there, not the Mongoloid. So let's go one step further. We're going to talk about another source, right? Because we're in, we in the late 1800s. We're going, to, we're going to bring it all for a circle shortly, right? There's another source we're going to use. It's called the Miscellaneous Notes and Queries. And this was produced in 1892, right? So we're in the late 1800s with it, right? And what I want to do is I want to show you the range of thought pattern from devils, right? Um, let's go right into the source. Let's go right into the source. We're going to go to page 147. Where it says the uh, uh, the Adamic race, right? The Adamic race. Reply to area doctors young and blacky on the Negro. Bullet point one. The Negro does not belong to the Adamic species. Bullet point two. He is not a descendant of Adam and Eve. Bullet point three. He is not the offspring of Ham. Bullet point four. He is not a beast. He is a human being, right? No shit, Sherlock. Bullet point five. He has an immortal soul. But not after the image of God. Bullet point six. And every attempt to civilize him after our forms has resulted in a speedy and certain destruction, right? 
which makes sense because the original man can't follow after the ways of the devil. It's just not going to work. By MS, the unity of the human race is unscriptural, contrary to the laws of science and destructive to the welfare of every species of man. New York, 1868. Let's stop. Let's talk about this real quick. What's going on is this. There's an individual named Ariel. He's a devil. And they're going back and forth about the position of the Negro. They're trying to figure out whence did the Negro come? What is his beginning? Like, where did this guy come from? Now, the messenger teaches us that the Negro don't have a birth record, right? So that's that's very key because that's what I always say to my Afrocentric brothers. Yo, we don't have a, you know, there's, you can't point to a time where there was no Negroes anywhere. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen, beloved. It's not possible. You, you can't, nobody can point to a continent and say, oh, this is when the first Negro got here. Or this is when the first Negro got there because the. Negro don't have a birth record. We don't have a beginning. There never was a time on any land that you can't point to a Negro or when was the first Negro got there. It doesn't, that doesn't even make sense. Nobody has the power to tell you from another group where you were. Oh man, y'all wasn't over here. South America, there was no Negroes there to the slave trade. North America, there was no Negro to the slave. How would they know? You think these folks know every square mile of planet Earth? They can tell you what people group is where? That doesn't even make sense, beloved. In any event, maybe that's a different story for a different day. They're going back and forth about the beginning of the Negro, right? Where did he come from and what happened and this and that? So we're going to go down to page 148. It says, this is illustrated with cuts of the Adamic race, the Mongolian, the Malay, the American Indian, the Esquimax, the Ethiopian and the Negro, right? We're going to go down to the next paragraph. That the Negro is not a beast but has a soul, but not created after the image of God. That he was created interior to Adam, that means before Adam, together with all the inferior races, numerous in the valley of the Nile, who, check this out, were also the mound builders. But where were these Negroes going around the world? Where were they building the mounds at? The writer says throughout Asia and also in North and South America and subsequently Adam and Eve were created and then creation was complete. Let's stop. Let's talk about that. In the late 1800s, I just want to show you guys range. They're talking about Negroes from the congressional halls of politics in this country all the way up to just writers speaking their opinions about Negroes. Now, the late 1800s, where is the Negro position in the world? Think about it. Where's your position in the world? Right? 1860 to 1866, things are changing around in the territory that we call the United States. You got the Civil War, uh, Emancipation Proclamation, you got the Confiscation Act. Negroes is now, quote unquote, free, right? You don't have no full rights. The devil got his foot on our neck. We leave in from one form of uh, working, which is plantation to sharecropping. And while we at the bottom of the rungs of society, right? There's a devil right in the book. And he's saying in the book that they can't figure out where this Negro come from. One thing they know for sure, no matter how, when they just think about it, this guy was always here. So much so. He couldn't have been here through Bible days. He was here before Adam. He was already here. Now, the messenger always taught us that. The messenger said Negroes ain't come from Adam. When Adam was came, when all that story stuff came, we was already here. Maybe that's a different story for a different day. But here's the very, very key part I want you guys to focus on. Right? We at the time in this territory that we call the United States was at the bottom at the very bottom, I mean, the devil had his neck, his foot on our neck, I should say, right? And even then, they know enough about us to say, these Negroes build the mounds everywhere. From Kemet to Asia to North America and South America. They know more about our history than we know. Now, how did this guy get a hold on to this information? He wasn't born in it. 
at this is why I'm pointing out. I'm pointing at the time period. Devils all the way from government, all the way to regular devils that's writing. They we are in the fields working all day, every day, and we doing this and we're doing that. And while we at our lowest point, they know behind the scenes, these niggas made these mounds over here. They're going to shoot you that African game when they get in front of you. Oh, brother, you from oh, y'all from Africa. Yeah, we brought y'all here in the bottom of a ship. And then when they get behind closed doors, they write these books because they're not writing these books for you. See, the thing about that, see, I always ask our people that say, yo, when were the Negro was allowed to read? Because there was a time in this country Negroes couldn't read now. Like when give me some dates, give me some times on that. See, I do that to avoid two things. Some of our people say, man, they just writing this stuff to trip you up. That stuff didn't really happen. Okay, if they're writing all this stuff to trip you up, okay, okay. But you couldn't even read at the time. If you if you could, tell me when you was able to read. And then when you show me that you could read, show me and tell me what you were reading outside of that Bible. Now I always say this as well. I can use that example today. Like, what the hell do you read today? The Source magazine don't count. Double XL don't count. The Feds magazine that you keep sending to your people that's behind the wall, that don't count. What do you read on your leisure time? Like, what do you read? Outside of the good book, outside of the Quran, because, you know, we bump on our head five times a day now. So, like, outside of those books, what do you read? While we was at our lowest state, beloved, the lowest state, behind the scenes, they're writing and they're talking about us saying those Negroes build the mounds all over the earth. That's what this dude just pretty much said. The Negroes did it. Now, you go through some of their older, earlier writings, you can see even in this document that I'm reading right now, man, these folks are so racist about our people. But it's not shocking. It's just the devil. We, that's just how that works. But they wasn't trying to be politically correct. They gonna say what's on their mind. They write it. You can't even. You ain't reading this. You reading something else. Even that though, they can tell our people who they are. They know who we are. Now the thing about me is, it's hard to convince Negroes who they are, because these Negroes. See, they got this in their soul that they came from that ship, man. So when you show them mounds that was built in this land, the devil know you did it. He know the red man ain't do it. He know you did it. It's hard for our people to accept we did it. Y'all, we're going to have another conversation because I'm going to show and prove. We're going to start talking about great black men in the Americas, right? When I start talking about Montezuma, it's going to be what it is. When I start talking about Vicente Guerrero, that's just what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. We're going to have to have these conversations about great kings and rulers in the Americas that was Negroes. And then I'm going to have to show you the date when they was running. And that's going to change the game on a lot of stuff. See, all I got to do is plant the seed. I ain't got to do a whole lot. We have these conversations. I'm like, man, I ain't got to do nothing but plant the seed. Because eventually, this stuff is not going to make sense anymore. When we start talking about Montezuma, and, you know, we have brothers and sisters, right, that's in the United States military. And that's that, That's how they're familiar with him, you know, because that's the Marine song. You know, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. And they never hit their mind, who is Montezuma? And then when we show you that Montezuma was a Negro and then you start to look and say, well, damn, I didn't know he was. But he he was he took his reign in the 1500s. But wait a minute. How did he all that runaway slave ship bullshit ain't going it's not going to add up no more now. When I start showing you Vincent Goddetta about how he was running the show and you're going to because I'm going I'm to make that gap on purpose. I'm going to show you Montezuma in 1500s. And I'm going to show you Vincent Goodell in the 1800s. And I'm going to say, well, okay, if these men are kings and presidents and they're Negroes, what law did he uphold? What customs did he uphold? And why are they written out of history as being a Negro? That's going to open up a different conversation.
Because up until then, we started talking about great black kings. We talking, man, Shaka Zulu, this and so, and we love Shaka. Shaka's our brother. You know, we love Massa Musa. That's our brother. We love him. But we're gonna start talking about some black kings that was on this side of the Atlantic. We are all our life. We talked about him on the other side. We're gonna talk about him on this side. Deal. Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you guys for listening. Hey man, these red Indian guys talking about some. We trying to steal their culture, beloved. <laughs> man, if you Johnny come late, least don't sit down some goddamn where. Well. <laughs> Until next time, fairly peace, man. I get it with you guys, peace.